Because you just sneezed. Don't act like you have not right. sneezed directly into my face before. On Do you accident. know how many times you and I have sneezed and farted in each other's faces? <laughs> <laughs> and now you're worried about the fucking microphone. <laughs> you idiot. Uh, I just... Ghostly stories. Tales of revenge. Oh my god. Oh Jesus fuck. Casey has such a problem with with so many chairs. Just you know. I just like to sit like a normal human being. <laughs> what is not normal about I don't this? know. You're just <laughs> throwing yourself violently around the room in a spinny office chair. I know my chairs. I've sat in many chairs in my life, and Listen I can tell here. you. Uh, there's one thing I know. There's chairs. <laughs> there's one thing that I know, and it's chairs. I know what makes a good chair and what makes a bad chair, and half the chairs in this world are bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, anyway. I've yet to discover a perfect chair. <laughs> welcome to high quality nonsense hi welcome welcome back everybody welcome back we did it <coughs> we did we're recording again well i mean we did record well but you have yet to hear it yeah well i mean like we we are recording again we've got a couple different episodes for you we'll probably end up releasing things out of order but out of order i, I don't, don't know, know. I, you're out of order I, this whole court's out of order <laughs> Somebody call in Maximum Bob. <laughs> I sentence you to a bled down. Oh my god. <laughs> You're not allowed to have liquids. <laughs> this water is not doing what it's supposed to. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's been a little while. Uh and the reason I say we might really some out of order is because like I'm really fucking excited about this one. About this episode, because it's something that like I have been like just trying to like I'm like I have to cover this like I want to cover this I really want to cover this and I like haven't even been like looking at other things to cover. I also feel like there might be kind of like a rehaul of like what we generally cover cuz you haven't been doing very much paranormal stuff. And I'm running out of revenge murders. Well, and also keep in mind that like we're kind of late to the game on this podcasting thing. And there's a bunch of different podcasters out there that cover a bunch of paranormal or crime shit. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to find stories that, as far as paranormal stuff, I'm trying to find stories that haven't been done before. It's hard to do. I mean, there's a ton of stuff out there, but it's not like enough to make a full story out of. Right. Like well, there's, there's like little legends of folklores of like little green swamp people and like you know in the south but then it's like i look it up and it's just like one little story like timmy went down it's this like, bush and saw this thing like the a, end a story about like a monster and you're just like god damn no history or anything yeah. whatsoever so and it's all like hearsay as as most yeah. good legends are but like yeah we should do like a grab bag episode of like just like a bunch of different little tiny like, things. Yeah. In the year two thousand five, these fifty creatures were spotted. <laughs> I mean and that this might... is what we'd look like. We're gonna blow the case wide open. <laughs> 
so many explosion sounds in this wow. episode already. Yeah, a lot of them coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> some voluntary and some not voluntary. <laughs> so, um, have you ever burnt your hair? <laughs> oh my god. That was like, okay, so we were trying to... Cause we How don't do you have feel our... about canoes? <laughs> <laughs> what about murder? What about buffaloes? <laughs> Veterinarians? Beekeeping? <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so I went online, because we don't have our bowl of nonsense, so I went online to find some sort of like random question generator. And it came up with like, you know, you can choose how many questions are on there, mm-hmm. but it just automatically picked five. So like I was randomly generating them and it started out pretty normal. <laughs> like, <laughs> would do you prefer coffee or tea? Oh, uh, if you were to have any pet, which one would you choose? Have you? And then it gets weird. Like, have you ever burnt your hair? What dessert <laughs> do you like? Have you ever shot a gun? <laughs> or what was the other one? Oh, have you ever eaten food out of the trash? <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, these just, ones are like, really start weird. To get like snuck in there. Where have they're you just ever burnt like, your hair? You ever burnt your hair? <laughs> it's like j- Jesus. I mean, I just I feel to like answer that, would that be, yes, I have. That would be like if I was having a conversation with someone and they just like randomly ask me that, I would be like offended. Have you ever burnt your hair? I would like immediately because go to the it looks like it and check my hair, and that would yeah, I'd 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 be immediately like shit, I have. <laughs> How did they know? <laughs> you can tell. Okay, so some of these. <laughs> oh, go back oh, to the worst movie. <laughs> I can't, but here we go. I'm gonna ask you that. What was the worst movie you've ever seen? Faith? Fucking Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> Wait, no, we already discussed that. I thought you were gonna say uh, the Akita, whatever. Oh my God, Alita Battle Angel. Jesus Christ! <laughs> if there's Jesus like, Christ, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just like I can't believe that 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 script made it to production. You know what I mean? Like just the plot itself. Like without them being like, it did not thicken. <laughs> It was no. A run- it was a runny plot. I mean, like if it did, it, it was lumpy. If you, if you, <laughs> the you plot only thickened plot? in spots. <laughs> I've never seen it. Okay, I can't so judge. There was, uh, first of all, they killed a dog for no reason. Mm-hmm. So that's just like the first thing you got to know. And it wasn't even like a, a big scary dog. It was a tiny little mutt dog, like mm. a Chihuahua sized dog. Mm. Yeah, and so, um, so they, so they don't kill the dog on screen. They like it. It's very like. Yep, it's off screen, but it's yeah, it's just like a yep, and then like the dog's dead. You can tell, and then like so we should probably do a spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen it, let me actually. No, I think that that should be one of the spoilers that you should shout out. Being like, I'm not going to tell you anything else, but a dog dies. (laughs) But like, yeah, not a spoiler alert, but like, um, it's just like one another like twist on that like. You know, there's a perfect city up in the sky, and then all the peasants live down below, and all the peasants want to take over the sky city. Um, the sky city is called Zalem, and there's, like, this guy that's from Zalem that, like, lives on the ground, and he, like, can, he promises people that he can get them to Zalem, and, like, they got to do these things for him. And then the, like, it's it's just, like, the plot is so, like, convoluted and terrible, and, like, people... There's there's a lot of like unfinished parts of the plot. Like they just wanted to slap something together so they can make a cool looking movie. Right. The movie looks cool. I like guess. it looked like they had a 
like a character created before they could create a storyline. They wanted to create a really quick storyline for the character that they made. I do want to know. I mean, like, I feel like this could have been a very successful comic book, but they try to squeeze in like five years of like what could be decent comics into like a, an hour and a half, two hour movie. And like they, they just get so thirsty for plot that like they kill the love interest twice. <laughs> Oh, they like kill him and bring him back and then kill him again. And I'm just like, what the fuck was even the point of all this? Like, <laughs> it was just like this whole like, like terrible. why even have the guy around? And then like throughout all of it, she becomes like this superstar athlete. And then there's also let me think, let me think. There, there's just oh, you like don't this, have to explain the entire. Well, there's movie. this like six and a half hours later, and then just like the dialogue is so bad, and then just like. The- 20 minutes later. Robots are fucking roaming the streets, but you don't trust this one. It's fine. And like... 3.28 a.m. Okay, but anyway. Sorry. I could go on. Um, I also I'm really sorry hate I Ma- asked. Mary Poppins <laughs> Returns. I could tune in for another one of those. <laughs> what about you, sissy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. What about, that, what about that one series that you were like, never watched that? Or wasn't there like a movie? Was it a movie or a series? It was like post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I'm trying to... Re- no, I already talked about that. Was it the OA? No, the OA is amazing. Oh, that's right. You did like the OA. It was the... Uh, yeah, it was literally... They called it like the AO or something like that. <laughs> like it was literally like very like similar the, to the OA. It was an opposite like acronym. It was opposite. Anyways, yeah. That was stupid. <laughs> that was stupid. She didn't like that one very much. No golly so okay (laughs) that was sorry i'm sorry i asked how uh how has your life been it's uh it's been okay i mean i uh (laughs) there's there's been some interesting customers well that's good to say the least your cat wants into the closet it's just it's not gonna happen (laughs) sorry bud he's gonna start yelling at us eventually probably that's what he does my my life's been okay. That's that's good. You're making like that face where like <laughs> you've either got a sneeze or an itch or you're like just blatantly lying right now. Nope, I was about to sneeze. You're like my life's been okay. <laughs> I love my children. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, it's been all right. I mean, I've have a terrible working schedule. Working from yeah. four PM to one AM. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. To say the least. I, I don't like it either. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um been rock hounding a lot. I'm oh, gonna, yeah. gonna turn twenty nine soon. Yeah. Turning twenty nine uh in a couple days, right? Yeah. Seven days. One yeah. week. <laughs> Today is September tenth. I thought my computer said September tenth, two thousand nine, and I was just like, What the fuck? Hell yeah, I'm 19. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> I don't know. I was skinnier back then. I probably could have uh, appreciated my body a little bit better. You should appreciate the body you have because it's beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it picked up pretty well. It looks like it did. <laughs> Yay, oh that's me smacking my belly, not uh, my booty. <laughs> my belly booty. <laughs> my booty belly. Your booty um, belly. Yeah, just a, like a lot of stupid customers. 
Yeah. A lot of stupid customers. Okay, so Ooh. should I tell a story? <laughs> tell Yeah. Or should I tell like two stories? The two stories I told you? The uh, stories to tell? Yes. <laughs> the stories to tell. <laughs> tell us your stories. The stories to tell. Cusco's poison. So, well, I just work in a call center. Let's just say that. Pirate Island. Yeah, Pirate Island. I don't think that I can actually your say where Pirate I work Island or what I do because I don't want to be like sued or anything yeah probably not probably not good you know oh no being fired that would be terrible wouldn't it Mm. yeah then you uh would have all the time in the world to record with me and and then you know go bankrupt but it's okay whatever (laughs) anyways (laughs) trifles so i work in a call center people pop into my headset most nice some just absolutely stupid and nuts I'm just gonna Those ex- ones are my favorite. I'm just gonna explain something really quick. We offer services for entertainment purposes and we have a plan called seasonal. Seasonal is where you temporarily suspend your services because you're essentially like leaving the home or you want a lower rate for a certain amount of time because you're leaving the property. Right. So this account that pops in, let's just call him Mr. Jones. All right. Um, Mr. Jones calls in and it's his girlfriend also on the line. Like, I'm on speakerphone with them, and they're both furious as to why their services are not working. I explained to them there's no outage. There's nothing here going on with the billing. Uh, the services are in seasonal. They verify the account. Mr. Jones does. He owns the account. They're sitting there yelling at me. Then why the F are my services not working? Tell us right now. I want to know right now. I'm like, I well, I mean, I can definitely look at the notes and see why it was placed on seasonal. And I have both of them yelling at me, like both of them at once going, tell us right now. Tell us what the note says. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what the note says. And they're just like <laughs> screaming at me like it's somehow my fault that the account's on seasonal. Like I'm the asshole in this situation. So like it's all building up. And I was like, okay, fuck it. You know what? And I pull up the notes and I'm like. All right, so it says on this date, the account holder called in and placed the account on seasonal due to domestic issues. There's just like this long pause. I hear their girlfriend go, ah, and then like walk out and slam the door. (laughs) And then there's an additional long pause. Mr. Jones goes, you should only talk to the account holder. I'm sorry, sir. You asked me to read what the note says. All right, well, can I get my services turned back on? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I can. You sure can, bud. <laughs> I sure can do that for you. But I was thinking to myself, like, what a fucking idiot. Like, he knew that he called he in. He knows why he turned the services off. Right, I think he, he was, was just, just, like, swept up in the moment. Like, he was just like, yeah, like, I'm just as surprised as you are. <laughs> like, Girlfriend that I recently got back together with. <laughs> like, I'm just as shocked. Oh, why is our services not working? Surely it wasn't me. I have nothing to do with I'm this. I'm going to be just as angry as you. And he's, Mrs. like, Jones. trying to, like, back up his girl and, like. Yeah. And they were just <laughs> like, like, all right, my but guy. You can, but you can tell like they were kind of hood rat and like uh, yeah tell us tell like they were just you know yeah complete trash over the phone like yeah. i'm just picturing what they look like the dude was definitely in a stained wife beater oh yeah and she was probably in like a hot pink like roxy tank top from like 2005 no i was thinking about like a hoodie but then also underneath it was zebra striped tank top yeah i could see that for yeah. sure and like the really really light blue jeans like an and old puffy dc sneakers like an old fox hoodie yeah yeah but like they're too old to be wearing that oh yeah they're probably both in their like mid 30s yeah very unhealthy relationship anyways that's like what i pictured and i was <laughs> the just Joneses like hmm, need to right. go and get some help i was like goodbye mr jones <laughs> and stop by macy's on the way jesus <laughs> 
So there was that one, which I was just like, well, I probably ruined that guy's relationship, but it sounds like he was doing that all on his own. Oh, yeah. He doesn't need your help. No. Um, See, you guys got your revenge story today. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Thanks I for just, listening. I just had somebody being fucking rude as hell. And <laughs> so I was just like, fine, I'm just going to do exactly as they tell me to do. All right, sir. Here you go. <laughs> Here's your fucking note. <laughs> Alrighty, and then the second one, because I obviously can't say the names. Right. Let's see. Just call him Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, yeah. So I get on uh <laughs> I get on the line with a Mr. Smith, and he is just going off. Like he just kept go he just kept repeating himself over and over again, going now, when I, I was told that I can call in, there was these two channels that they were not working, the sound was off, and it's been going on for, for for about two days now, and I, you know, I'm just letting you know that the previous representative told me that I would get a $10 courtesy credit. And, I, and then All I right. say, and they go, all right, Mr. Smith, yeah, I can absolutely open up your account. We can take a look, see if what I can do for you as far as that credit. And then he continues. Well, well, yes, ma'am, and I and I don't like repeating myself, but all I'm saying is that those channels weren't working, and, and they weren't working for the couple <laughs> yeah. days. Like there was no sound, and I was told that I would receive a courtesy credit. So please apply that courtesy credit right now, please. You, and, uh, I'm, sir, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you don't uh, okay, have to Mr. repeat Smith, yourself. I, I'm like, I completely understand. I just need to open up your account fully. All I need is the, and then he cuts me off before I can say security code because, like, we need, you know, like verification that you are who you say you are and that you're holding the bill otherwise anybody could pretend to be mr smith yeah like yeah anybody can come in and pretend to be you like it's there's a reason for security codes people like when you're talking over the phone and people are going do you want my pant size too how about my social it's just like no i just want to make sure that you're not like a stinky neighbor trying to turn off the other neighbor's cable or internet because you're mean i don't because they're stupid i don't know So, anyways, Mr. Smith interrupts me and goes, now, again, I'm just going off and letting you know that the previous representative, and I'm like, Mr. Smith, I do understand. Well, I don't think that you're understanding because you're not applying the courtesy credit. And it's just like, no, I just want to make sure that you're not like a stinky neighbor. And then I further continues. Yes, ma'am. And I don't mind repeating myself. Typically, when it comes to credits... Are you sure? And I'm like, uh, y- y- yes. Nope. <laughs> it- nope. Just fucking around on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, psych. Um, y- yes. Hang yeah, I-, I am sure. And then he's just like, I could never work at Pirate Island. <laughs> Are like, you sure? Nope. Bye. <laughs> Are you positive? So you gave me the $10 credit. Yes. It- it's going to apply to your account within 24 hours and you can check back in at that time just to verify. But yes, I applied that. Are you sure? How can I believe you? And I'm like, Mr. Smith. And I raised my voice an octave. And I think that's when he all of a sudden realized that I was a woman and not a prepubescent <laughs> boy over the phone. Because then he went into like, like hating women mode going, oh, whoa, whoa I, I, I know you. I know that you know, since you're a woman, that women lie and women are liars. And he just started going off saying that, you know, women are liars and they're not to be trusted and that he doesn't believe that I applied to $10 courtesy credit. And I told him I was like, I can get you a senior representative to confirm that I gave you a $10 courtesy credit. Is there anything else I can help you out with? And he was like, no, but that $10 courtesy credit, 
ought to be there. And I was just like, it absolutely is Mr. Smith. And then all of a sudden, just the line was dead. Like, I could hear him <laughs> breathing. Like, he was on the phone. I think that's the worst part. Like, you told me this story earlier and how he was just like... He just stopped talking. Just, just like, stopped talking. Yeah. He just, just stopped talking. But what was funny, too, is as I was talking <clears throat> and saying Mr. Smith, a lead was walking by. And as soon as they heard me say his full name, they, like, stopped. And then she stood right behind me. And I was, like, looking up. And I was like... Ugh. God, there's a thing with this guy. I just know it. Because leads only like stop and pay attention if like there's a thing with a certain customer. And then as soon as I like he got like there was no sound, I put the microphone on mute and I looked up at the lead and she was like, he stopped talking, didn't he? And I was just like, yeah, he did. And then she was like, yeah, he likes to do that. Um, He just stops talking when he he decides that he's done. So just follow the protocol of like if he doesn't respond, then you can hang up on him. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, yeah, he doesn't really like women. So I'm surprised that you've gotten this far with him. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) you know, I I think I've gotten that. I think I I know that now. And eventually I hang up the phone. um, And I was like, all right, Mr. Smith, due to no response, I'll have to terminate the phone call. Another supervisor behind me, she was like, oh, you were talking with Mr. Smith? He never talks to women. Wow, you you got far with him. Because apparently he just calls in and goes i don't want to talk to you a woman like send me to a mail <laughs> so yeah that's all just you a- gotta do is put them on hold for like a quick second and then go <clears throat> hello mr smith <laughs> how can i help you today i get to I you probably- can trust everything i say because i'm definitely a man and not I'm, a lying ass woman <laughs> i'm totally a man and i'm not lying to you i love being a man don't you mr smith <laughs> You know what I do all day? Fucking manly shit. <laughs> I just uh, I just uh, I like to be man. In the morning, I wake up and I pee standing up, just like any man. <laughs> some days I pee standing, sitting down, like some men too. <laughs> He's, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with peeing sitting down, right, Mister Smith? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, um, can you put me back on the line with a woman? <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so that was, that was, uh, that's how my life has been literally wrapped up into one thing. <laughs> into Pirate Island phone calls. And Pirate Island phone calls. Also, I'm, I'm legitimately thinking about filing for bankruptcy and I'm wanting to start a family. Yeah. The true American dream. Just second, secondary things on the list. Yeah. You know? just, yeah. Just the little things. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be getting married wanna, in like a year or so here. And then after that, you're going to. Want to get into jewelry making. Wanna, you're going to have you know, a baby. Slice up some rocks. And you're going to give me a little nibbling. Yeah. And uh, also, I've been watching a lot of Storage Wars. I don't care what you name that baby. Canada I'm going to call it Spooky. Spooky Hall. Yeah. Have fun with that. Little spooky. <sighs> so. Aha. Uh-huh. That was a long intro. How many? Yeah. How many? minutes are we in uh we're 30 minutes in wow i know it's been a while we got a lot to get out i know it's true i'm gonna be editing so much of this out <laughs> i mean i feel like maybe our my little stories and also like your explanation of the movie like that could we been really a bit we really fucking went all out <laughs> we did um are we yeah. making this uh your story first and then my story is gonna be a next recording <sighs> I don't know. I kind of want to hear your story first. And then if nope. we... What? Nope. Why? You've done this to me too many times. <laughs> you don't... How many... When did you go first? Last? 
like every time you always go first not always but quite often we didn't listen to marty robbins while we were studying that was a weird one okay well are you ready for my story oh (laughs) or you can get something to drink i think i'm gonna go get something to drink because i drank i drank my delicious coconut drink so i'll be right back And now I've, now I think I've got it. By Jove. Go shut the door, Paul. Faith, can you shut the door? I suppose. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. <sighs> okay. Just a heads up, you guys. I have taken all this information from, like, <laughs> a fuck ton of different sources. Um, but one website in particular, which I'll give to you at the end. Oh my god, my cat's being really cute. This is just this Okay, this episode is full of distraction. Okay. <clears throat> I am going to do the story of I uh, and I just looked it up of how to pronounce it and now I already forgot, but Dyatlov. You've been Dyatlov? doing research for like the past 2 hours and she's like, "Oh wait, wait, let me uh let me look up how to pronounce this." Dyatlov Pass. So anyways, Diet of Plas and the uh, nine hikers that died mysteriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why they call it that, because generally the actual area is called something else completely. They've just dubbed it that. Okay. Off of, I think, the group leader. And bless my heart. Please be patient with me with these names, too. This is all Russian names, and I'm going to do my very, very best. To well, I'm gonna sound like an idiot, so I'm gonna do my best to sound like an idiot. Yay! So <laughs> this kind of just the entire journey takes place January twenty third, nineteen fifty nine. Ooh, yep, yep. We're going back, yep. and this is a group, an old one. Yeah, this is group of eight women or eight women, uh, eight men and two women, and the names, I thought you said it was nine hikers. Well, eventually one of them ends up leaving. Oh, okay. So you'll hear about that. Oh, okay. Like okay. the original group consisted oh, of eight There were nine women. people that died. Yes. Okay. Alrighty. So the group leader, Igor Dyatlov, and then there's Alexander Koliv- Kolivtor. Do you want me to read these? Yes, please. Okay. These are some fucking long ass names. Yeah, that's why I'm like, please right. be patient. Uh, Igor Dyatlov. <clears throat> Alexander Kolyovtor, Ludmila Dubina, Nikolai Debobrignoles, <laughs> I have no idea, uh, Yuri Yudin, Rustam Slobodan, uh, Semyon Zolotoyev, Yuri Doroshenko, Zinaida Kolmogorova, and Yuri Krivonishenko. Uh, so, there you go. That's all of them. Our apologies to the <coughs> Russian community, and uh, if anybody is listening that knows how to pronounce all those, if you could just leave me a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> send us an email. <laughs> send us, get us, get, send us a, like a Facebook message. Something. <laughs> um, I mean, truly the only Russian that I really obtained in my brain while I was trying to learn it was Yablika, Apple, and <laughs> Kushka, <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> Bashki is a puppy. But I, I like, you know, my little Kushka. Okay. Anyways. 
my notes are all over the place. I just put in here the group because there's there's in this entire thing they've retrieved multiple diaries. There was a group diary where everybody would put in their little tidbits mm-hmm. during the during their journey. There was a lot of cameras, a lot of stuff recovered from this. Oh. The group diary received a final entry before the <laughs> travels started, and it says, I wonder what awaits us on this hike. Will anything new happen? And that was Zenaida. Is that Z- Zenaida? Yeah. yeah. That was Zenaida's entry. And then over the next few days, they took multiple transportations. It was either, because some say it was bus or train, but first arriving at Ivdel, a town in the center of northern province of Sveder- All right, <laughs> Lovsk- give me, Oblast. Give me, give me that. <laughs> Maybe you should have done this story. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, let's say, let's, uh, I will just call it Oblast. <laughs> Oblast. I guess you could. Sverdlovsk Oblast. That's, I mean, like. That's as close as I got. Phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they arrived there Sorry, early. I felt that I could help. <laughs> they arrived there early morning, January 25th, 1959. Then they took a truck ride to... Uh, Vizhai, which is a lorry village. And what does lorry mean? Lorry. L-O-R-R-Y. Lorry is uh, like the British term for truck. Like So it's like of, a trucking village? Uh, Yeah, that's what I would think. Okay. Which is a lorry village that is the last inhabited settlement to the north, um, probably because of how fucking cold it is over there. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> Um, while the hikers and the skiers apparently, uh, to Wikipedia, they purchased and ate a ton of bread while they stayed the night there preparing for their, the remainder of their travels. What a life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, they purchased loaves of bread and ate to, uh, you know, give them energy. Prepare themselves. <laughs> and then I put in here, gotta get those carbs in. <laughs> Seriously, they were carbo-loading. <laughs> exactly. Well, we I mean, were about to run a marathon up that I, fucking mountain. Yeah, I would. And then uh, the last portion, because they, they just tried... Pants. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That one got me bloated. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last form of travel, they took horse and sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little perfect. <laughs> Christmas time. Okay, I'm gonna put and and a small bike. bike. (laughs) That was Casey's notification on the tablet. She's reading. (laughs) She's reading her notes from this tablet. (laughs) A horse and sleigh (laughs) and a bike. (laughs) Oh my gosh! And then one of the Yuris followed followed behind. Oh my god! Wait up. Anyways, (laughs) so pretty uh, pretty much so. I never say that anymore. And I just get in front of the microphone and there it is. It. I haven't heard you say pretty much so in like forever. Fucking since we stopped recording. I'm nervous, you guys. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so last recorded form of travel they took is horse and sleigh. Um, they took a portion of their travels on this, uh, according to the photo evidence that it was recovered. Um, photos of them that look like, you know, they were having fun, having a great time, and, you know, and full of smiles and anticipation. They used as much traveling methods as they can before they had to go on foot. Okay. January 28th, one of the hikers began to feel very ill, which is Yuri Yudin. 
the only the easiest name to pronounce on all that. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> he's he's deciding to head back due to several ailments um, and also knee and joint pain that was making it hard for him to move. Which oh, no. definitely, um, I would be going back too, and I would either that or I'd be sending him back, being like, I I don't I don't want I don't you. want what you got. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's photos of like them like parting their ways and saying their goodbyes and him heading back. And the group resumed their hike and recorded their journey through multiple diaries and cameras, per, as per mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recovered diaries and photos showed that the trip proceeded to be as expected with no complications. February 1st, they reached the foot of the mountain known to the indigenous Manzi population as Dead Mountain. So, yeah, you should definitely, I mean, if you find a mountain that the indigenous population <laughs> associates with death, you should definitely hike into it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do they know? Yeah, what do they know? They've only lived there for, you know, their whole lives. <laughs> Centuries. It's fine. <laughs> um, they spend... Oh, what a, a cute name. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Mountain, I think I'll climb it. <laughs> it has a, reg- a ring to it, you know? <laughs> bring, bring. <laughs> We're just as stupid as we used to be. Okay. Maybe even more. (laughs) They spend a better part of the day (laughs) progressing. (laughs) Sorry, I just pictured Faith adding in like stupid bike, like bike bells. Yeah, you know what's about to happen. (laughs) I know. They spend a better part of the day progressing up the slope and then decide to set up camp only a few hundred meters away from the peak. The last diary entry after their camps read, it's hard to imagine that such a comfort, uh, imagine such a comfort somewhere on the ridge with piercing wind hundreds of kilometers away from human settlements. Yeah, I mean, they were around the middle Why of Why the are they hiking? <laughs> Adventure. Well, they what were are- avid skiers and hikers. Like, that's what they did. just adventure yeah they would ski they would hike they were they were there just to do it but they they planned anyways i'll I'll post a picture of the map and like what routes that they took and then Mm. you'll see what i'm talking about when they were like camped here before the peak and they were over in this area anyways okay and that was the last diary and after a while like nobody just nobody heard from them. It was supposed to be only a, a certain period of time that they were going to be gone. They were going to go up and then follow a trail back down and make their way back into civilization. And uh, this brings us to the search. A few weeks later, uh, with friends and family, they began to worry and, and managed to band a team of volunteers to head out to find them since they have not been heard from. On February 26th, they were able to find them. All first at the scene can tell that something has gone horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. The tent is in scrambles and it's covered in snow. All the hikers' belongings were found in like found in orderly placed inside the tent. However, like the tent itself had been slashed and opened with a knife from the inside out. Like they were inside the tent and it was slashed open. And slashed their way out. The next day, nine sets of footprints led the volunteers down the slope towards the nearby woods. Given that footprints left mile indentations in the snow, they would make them believe that they headed to the woods in a calm and orderly fashion rather than like like heavy panicked stomping footsteps. Right. Um, the footprints can be tracked for about a half a kilometer when I put my notes in here saying translate to miles. And I didn't. 
Oh, well. So I don't know what that is. Half a kilometer. <clears throat> so half a kilometer uh, from the tent until the trail was completely covered in snow. Um, and they continued until they reached a large cedar tree and next next to the remains of... Um, next to the remains uh, Next of. to the remains of an improvised campfire and next to it, uh, to the bodies of Yuri Doroshenko and Yuri uh, Krivonoshenko. Yuri D and Yuri K. Yeah, Yuri D and Yuri K. It took over uh, two months for all the nine bodies of the hikers to be recovered. Hmm. So the first two were found severely underdressed, which is the ones next to the campfire, Yuri D and Yuri K. Mm-hmm. Found severely underdressed to just shirts and underwear. At the time of their death, it would have been about negative 30 Celsius, which is negative 22 Fahrenheit. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, that's... <clears throat> that's there's, out, like absolutely outrageous there's no reason for them to be poo bear right no absolutely not <laughs> jesus <laughs> like i wish i didn't laugh at that <laughs> <laughs> sorry um the cedar tree had shown signs of damage as if somebody had climbed the like climbed it with like the branches broken off five meters high like perhaps one of them was trying to locate the tent in pitch black darkness or perhaps they were trying to hide from something or someone like, it looked like somebody had climbed it and then went, ah, bang, 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 bang. Hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, the next three hikers were found at various distances between... Oh. The next three hikers were found at various distances between the tent and the trees, and they were covered by a few centimeters of snow. They were better dressed than the very like than the previous two, but not by much, as they still lacked essential items like boots, hats, gloves. You know the shit that you need. Right. Negative like thirty three Celsius weather. And negative yeah. <laughs> negative twenty two. Negative twenty two. They were all found facing in the direction of the tent, as if they were struggling to return at the moment of death. Huh. Like they were trying to make their way to the tent, and then they died. Uh, while some of them had sustained minor injuries, it was ruled that five had died of hypothermia, and it should also be noted that four of them died while intoxicated. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the last four hikers uh, were found at the bottom of a small hill covered by three meters of snow, located 75 meters from the tree in the opposite direction of the tent. They were covered by, th- did you say three meters of snow? Yes. A lot of snow. That's a lot of snow. Yeah. It actually took them a couple months finding the rest of them. Like these people. Like they found the people in the forest and they found the remainder like near the tent pretty quickly. And that took them an additional month or like two. Two meters of snow is like over six feet of snow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So like it took them a while to find the remainder. And this is like the last four hikers. Um, So it was covered by three meters of snow located 75 meters uh, from the trees and opposite direction of the tent. Um, Three of them had sustained lethal injuries. One had fractured skull and two had fractured uh, multiple ribs and suffered massive internal bleeding. The medical examiner believed that they sustained those injuries from a fall and also compared it to a car crash. Like, obviously, no human could cause these injuries. Like, there's right. no force that would be able to do that. Right. Um, like, if they had just fallen on their own, right. they wouldn't have had these injuries. 
Right. And like, even if somebody tried hitting them with something like a human doesn't have enough strength to like, do that much damage. <clears throat> but they were, were they at, they were at a, the bottom of a ravine? No, they were just covered in snow. Oh, they okay. They had sustained, you know, bad injuries. Okay. Uh, medical examiner believed they sustained those injuries from a fall, also compared it to a car crash. So in other words, n- no human could have inflicted enough force to do this much damage to another human body. Okay. Um, these injuries were sustained while still living, they've found out. Uh, two had also been found with gaping eye sockets, as in there's no more eyes. Like, it was just just eye sockets. What? Um, one of the women had a missing tongue as though somebody <laughs> had ripped it out. Um, and the last four had a broken nose and deformed neck, but died of hypothermia. They suspect that these hikers were trying to build a better shelter by digging into the snow, as to which a snow hole that was formed above a stream gave way and they fell down into it being covered in the amount of snow. In nine feet of snow. Right, exactly. Uh, okay. The most mysterious of all of these is the three articles of clothing that they found um, belonging to two of the hikers had been abnormally radioactive. Yeah, like they were, you know. Abnormally radioactive. Yeah, like there's like a certain normal radius of radioactivity that a... What is the, I can't remember, the like the unit of like radioactivity? we'll, We'll get there. Oh, but also, I'm, I'm letting you know, my notes are all over the place. So we'll get there. Oh, but think? after, we'll get to some <laughs> other things. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and also, um, more or less. And like, and uh, such as. Uh, such as. <laughs> okay. May 28th, a uh, criminal case was discontinued with a completely cryptic and incredibly vague conclusion by the lead investigator that he had written in the final report. The cause of death death was unknown. Was a uh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> the cause of death was an unknown, compelling force. Uh, force which the the hikers were unable to overcome. An unknown, compelling force that which the hikers were unable to overcome. Yep. On Dead Mountain, you don't say. On Dead Mountain. Um, so there's a couple different things as far as like theories go. Not just a couple. There's a shit ton of theories. There's a lot of theories. I'm just going to take a pause here from reading my notes and just say there's been a shit ton of books written about this. There is a website that's like just it's the entire like page is dedicated to this and all of the evidence and all of the different theories I took a couple. I wrote some down. I took some from Wikipedia and some of these things I couldn't like put in my own words so i'll let you know that it's like a full-on quote from wherever but it's when you get into it i just couldn't i couldn't i couldn't cram it in here okay <laughs> i just couldn't get it in it's what you said <laughs> okay anyways if the man ever so, said i can't cram it in i'd be like you don't belong here you, you don't, don't believe belong here. <laughs> can i take you home so with, uh, like, for instance, what I thought was kind of weird was the chick with the missing tongue and the missing eyes. Yeah, and that's that was really definitely really me. fucking ominous. Yeah. So there's a couple of theories on that one. Um, so with the missing tongue, uh, many people suspected that it was torn out, cut off, uh, eaten by an animal 
like animal scavengers or some even stated that it was later found. However, what the medical report stated that the diaphragm of the mouth and the tongue is missing. Like WTF. The diaphragm of the mouth and tongue? Like it was just like, it, and he, they don't say how. It's just like, doesn't state how or why or what method. It just states that it is simply missing. Apparently the examiner found this to be for, I guess, a minor detail. <laughs> he was like, it's gone. Yeah, and I put it in here. What a fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> The missing eyes, uh, gaping orbits, the eyeballs are absent, is the what the medical examiner said in the report. Um, he does uh, he does give a little bit more detail in the explanation for the missing eyeballs. It says soft tissue injuries to the head are post-mortem changes, putrefaction and decomposition to do debitinous corpse, which was recently exposed to water prior to detection meaning like these people were covered in snow it was iced over their eyes were open when they died and when you know your eyes are filled with water and you know when your something freezes and it's left out in the wilderness and it gets a little bit warmer so they think that it just sort of like their eyes melted yeah out their eyes melted yeah, I melted their eyes. Okay. Yeah, their All eyes right. melted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So their eyes melted. Anyways, so bring it back to the missing tongue. Some claimed it must have been. Removed. All right, that. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness uh, we're back. <laughs> thank goodness we're back to the missing tongue. Uh, so uh, some claimed that it must have been removed before she died, since she was found with over a hundred grams of blood in her stomach. However, that's not exactly true from what I was reading. What? Um, The relevant part of the uh, forensics examination reads, the stomach contained up to a hundred cm of dark red slimy mass. So this could be a mixture of different things, food and blood, etc. Like, so no one knows how much blood was in her stomach, but also... Not strange since she was also one of the hikers that suffered from massive internal bleeding. I was just going to say, if Hmm. she's one of the ones that, like, there was internal bleeding. But, like, I feel like I'm not... Okay, so obviously I'm not a doctor. But, like, I feel like if the stomach was full of blood, you'd be able to tell that the stomach organ itself had been injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not going to bleed internally and then somehow it ends up in your stomach. Like, there's generally only a couple ways to get things into your stomach. You know what I mean? Without, like, piercing it. Exactly. As much as I don't want to believe that it was cut out while she was alive, it doesn't make sense that there's a bunch of blood in her stomach. Right. Well, and I was thinking to myself, like, what if rib broken poked a hole in her tummy i don't know i mean yeah but like would they would they say like (laughs) your chair just made so much noise i know would they would they include in the medical report would they um (laughs) that i don't know the that the stomach organ was punctured by a rib or no it sounds like this guy was just a fuckhead and he just went well this is gone well it's just like he didn't like explain a lot. It's so dry. You can actually look up the medical examinations. Like I read them and I was just like, this guy is not giving a ton of detail. What an asshole. What an asshole. Unless I'm like interpreting it wrong. But anyways. 
Uh, now we're going to go on to the other type of theories and the different things that people kind of thought about what might have happened. And then, uh, yeah, so massive internal bleeding. And then I jump right into as far as what might have happened with their mental capacity during all of this. And right. What the hikers might have been thinking. Because yeah, things went horribly awry at some point. Right. Because if you think about it, they all leave the tent at once. They're spread out everywhere. A couple of them make it into the forest. Others were like around the tent. And then others were like somewhere far away. Like, like hundreds trying of to yards just away. dig a hole yeah. in the snow. So like what for better shelter? What the f- like what the hell's going on? What were they yeah. thinking in the middle of the night in pitch black darkness? It's right. not like they can have like it's not like they had fag- like fancy gadgets and stuff that we have nowadays. This is in 1959. But it's they had flashlights in 1959. Yeah, but okay, okay. But anyways, like, so clearly something's going on. Something weird's going on. Anyways, um so there is a thing called paradoxal undressing. Uh, International Science Times. Uh, you know what? Actually, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways. The, it's really crazy. Right. The hiker's death were, was caused by hypothermia, which can induce a behavior known as paradoxal undressing, which is a hypo, hypothermic subject removes their clothes in response to perceived feelings of burning warmth. It is undisputed that six of the nine hikers died of hypothermia. However... In the group, it appears to have acquired additional clothing from those who had already died, which suggests that, you know, like a sound enough mind to try to add layers. Like some of them obviously were naked and then the other ones were more well-dressed than the others. Right. So they didn't get to that point in time or like that state of mind. Yeah. And then another thing that they think might have happened to the campers or the, the hikers, skiers, they're called or the the group is called all sorts of things of at this the point. Group. Yes. <laughs> Adventures. Catabatic wind. Sudden catabatic wind would have made it impossible to remain in the tent. And the most rational course of action would be for the hikers to cover the tent in snow and seek shelter among the tree line. There was also a flashlight left on top of the tent, possibly left there intentionally so the hikers could find their way back to the tent once the winds subside. Um, in the expedition, uh, proposed that the group of hikers constructed two Beovec shelters, one which collapsed, leaving four of the hikers buried in the violent injuries observed. Um, they also said that there were it, there, that there was a recorded incident in Sweden where eight hikers perished in a similar circumstance due to catabatic winds in 1978. Um, catabatic winds they happen in like high anyway, they happen in like high altitude places, you mm-hmm. know, up on mountains. Um, they're like really, really, really strong, violent gusts of wind. Yeah. Where more or less it could be like throwing, like if there was debris up there besides just snow, it'd be throwing it at you. Like it's right. like super strong winds, like monsoon tornado status type oh, winds. Oh, okay. Um, I don't like that theory because the, in my, in my opinion, like a flashlight would have blown away. The tent would have blown, snow wouldn't have just kept, you know, and kept the tent there. Right. Snow, snow blows away too. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there was another one that made me laugh. <laughs> I didn't even put it down in my notes, but I was just like, that's a stupid one. Somebody was theorizing that 
a catabatic catabatic wind whatever let me see it catabatic wind gusted one of the people away like they think that like one of the people blew away and the other people like got out of the tent to try to save him which sounds just stupid to me like the guy just mary poppins it away <laughs> and everybody's like wait because like what like that person just so happened to be the lightest person of the group and that person blew <laughs> away but nobody else did stupid and the shelters you were talking about are bivouacs oh bivouacs thank you yeah i was like a what shelter as you can tell i haven't read these yet i've only typed them out (laughs) and it took a couple days typing them out so yeah i i started researching this a couple days ago and typing them out and you just now realized how to pronounce diot love pass (laughs) yep I was just guessing my brain, you know, <laughs> in my mind. I was just saying whatever I thought. Well, they're just words. They're just words I was just saying in my All head. Right. Anyways. More, more theories. All right. So more theories. Um, And then, oh, we're back to the radioactivity Uh, to find out mm. more about what happens if, oh, uh, the DPMs are exceeded. So, oh, okay. Uh, three separate articles of clothing discovered on two of the bodies were found to be radioactive. The radiological studies claimed that under normal circumstances, an area of 150 square centimeters should not exceed 5,000 dpm uh, disintegrations per minute. Only three articles of the clothing exceeded or equaled that in limit, um, one at 5,000 dpm, another at 5,600 dpm, and another one at 9,900 <laughs> DPM. You mean 99,000 or 9,900? Okay. So, yes, 9,900. 9,900. Okay. Yes. Uh, DPNs. And the only explanation given in the report reads as follows The clothing, the clothes were contaminated as radioactive dust fell from the atmosphere, or clothes were susceptible to contamination. What? When in contact with radioactive substances. And I'm just like, I. Why? Like so, why? Why just that three pieces of clothing? So it, it. So they're saying that it was contaminated and it was radioactive, but it was like radioactive as though like dust was falling on it. Right, but only on those three pieces but of clothing. Just three pieces of clothing, and not anyone else had radioactive pieces of clothing. Right, and it says they were hmm. unable to determine exactly how the clothes were contaminated, like the investigators or their forensics. Another explanation, which. I'm like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, Alexander Kolevtor worked at a facility that developed nuclear materials, and Yuri Krivnoshenko previously worked at a top-secret plutonium production plant for nuclear weapons. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And three articles of clothing belonged in. They belonged belonged to those two. Those two fellas. Alex and Yuri. Yep. The two guys that work with radioactive materials. Yeah, exactly. So I was just yeah, like, all right. oh, that <laughs> okay, makes sense. Not weird anymore. <laughs> um, so we another thing, case. <laughs> another thing, too, that people were assuming that might have happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why would they leave the tent? Why were they spread out? Why, why were they half naked? Did yeah. they just, like, bust out of the tent half naked, like, in because all honesty, some, the, because something was after him. The paradoxical undressing, though, is like 
Oh, that's a thing. It's Br- it's a real yeah. thing. Like if up on Mount Everest, they're finding uh due to climate change and global warming, the snow and the ice is melting and it's uncovering the bodies of like hikers that yeah. have passed away on the mountain. And they're naked. Most of them are like naked mm-hmm. because they get so cold that they start to perceive that they they're they're burning Bodies alive on fire yeah and they and they just sort of like get undressed and obviously expose themselves to the unbelievable conditions on mount everest and the elements. pass away very very quickly but like that that to me is like that's the creepiest thing about like dying of hypothermia right is but, like your brain literally like but the thing that i guess is kind of like, flips on itself because i i don't doubt that that's a part of how they died but the why is what bothers everybody. Like, what compelled everybody to leave the tent? Right. To leave the shelter in the first place. To leave the campsite. Yeah. Like, there's also theories that they, like, the campers heard something and they thought that there was an avalanche that was going to be coming and that they decided, to, like, well, shit, we need to get out of this tent so we're not buried. And people just panicked. I don't know. Well, plus it's like, it's was it their first night on the mountain? Um, not necessarily like on the mountain because they they set up camp like along their way. Yeah, they would travel, set up camp, travel, set up camp. But this is like right. r- just a little bit away is from the peak. So like this was them. So this was the highest they'd been. The highest they'd uh, been. I mean, obviously, the they mountain. didn't get any further. Oh gosh. <laughs> um. Anyways, so there's. Uh, but I'm just saying, it's like it wasn't like their first night. In, right, like, like they've like in they've, the wilderness out and out on this mountain. Right, like they've set up tent and camp, and they had a storage tent and everything. So it wasn't like something just like it. It wasn't there wasn't any difference in like how they did things. Right, exactly. Like they had done this before recently, and then right. it was just like something about this particular, like the previous night they had done it this before. particular night they set up camp and something went horribly wrong. Right. Okay. Like, and you can see with the pictures too, like the pictures tell a storyline, like, and the diaries too, they mention like that they traveled only so much in one day because it was like the, the it was so cold and so windy that they only got so far like they traveled they made i think they said in one of the entries that they only they only hiked for about like four or five hours before they had to stop and set up camp again oh yeah like there was like stop and go before they reached to this point right all righty and uh now we're moving on to another one of the theories which a lot of people love like, it's not super far-fetched, but it's also a little far-fetched. A lot of these are just absolutely bonkers. But also, right. there's, like, you can take the evidence that is on these on this scene, this uh, crime scene, whatever you want to call it. Right. And apply it to th- any of these theories. And it would make total sense. So that's okay. why I'm like, this is bonkers. Yeah. UFO sightings. <laughs> what? Yep, we're going there. <laughs> Around the time of the hiker's disappearance, uh, numerous sources claim that they saw UFO in forms of orbs of light moving across the night sky for a few seconds or up to several minutes. These sources came from three soldiers and two different hiking groups. Locals and geologists also claim that they saw fireballs in the sky around the time of the incident. A lot of this can be explained with the fact that at this time in history, Cold War was going on, as well as, you know, the space race, you know, where all, all kinds right. of shit was oh, up yeah. in the sky. No, the whole thing was happening. <laughs> there was, there was, you, you, shit you was just never up. knew, you never knew what was going to happen. 
Exactly. Um, also keep in mind that there were no signs of a landing crash or like anywhere in the site or the vicinity. Like if there was a spaceship that landed, there should there would have been, you know, you would assume that there would have been evidence. Right. But I uh, mean, you would think, but. Right. <laughs> but then it brings us to, you know, think, why did they leave the tent? Why were some kills just by being naked? Why were some like sustained by these injuries? Like some of the internal right. bleeding is like, yeah, well, if they fell, maybe. But also, wh- why was there like, why is the tongue missing? And then there's certain other elements where it's just weird. So far, right. we've, we've kind of been able to explain most of them. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the entire picture, it starts getting weirder. Right. Yeah. Why did they leave the tent? Maybe there Why was were they hit- intoxicated? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's cold and it's like you're inside the tent and maybe you had a couple shots. Shit happens, man. Yeah. Why did they leave the what tent? Maybe their dead mountain stays on dead mountain. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> maybe there was just an imminent threat inside the tent and that's mm-hmm. why they had to like slash it open and get the fuck out tactic. But another puzzling thing is that the but footprints what appeared in the tent. <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's I don't know. Another puzzling thing is that the footprints mm-hmm. like around in the snow, like the footprints were that of people walking down a slope in a calm and orderly fashion, not like someone running or stomping. So like the tent was slashed open, but like people walking like on the slope to get to the forest, like it was nice and calm or, so- but is like, you know, they were half naked, so they were cold. So can they like not run super fast? Or- right. All of this stuff. Okay, so wait, so like they found footprints in the snow. Yeah, like the search and rescue people saw footprints. Yeah, saw footprints could tell where who went where and who did what. But then four of the hikers were covered in nine feet of snow. So like if they saw footprints, it's not like there was. Well, remember it's not like that it like they were so found much. in a hole, like a hole had given way. Okay, so it's so like they, they were digging. They in the probably snow. tried Something to. Happened in- the snow that they dug and were piling up like fell down on them okay okay i'm just i was like wait because like my imagination i was like oh it just snowed a fuck ton on them well there's also pictures of the footprints like they're not solid footprints but like you can tell like you know how you can see a track of some sort even after like some more powder a light layer of of powder okay so like it you can see the indentations okay but they're not like giant holes they're not like big like uh long gates right okay all righty oh my gosh this one was uh this one was pretty big um the military theory mm. uh military tests uh, speculation exists that the campsite and this is this is from this was from wikipedia okay all of this I'm not gonna lie. I didn't, <laughs> she, I didn't reword any of she it. Just she I, just really. I read through it. And I was just like Wikipedia. Yeah, I read through it and I was like, nope, this is gonna be a copy <laughs> and paste. I'm letting everybody know this is straight from Wikipedia. Um, speculation exists that the campsite fell within the path of a Soviet parachute mine ex- exercise. Parachute mines being like little parachute bombs that they float down. Right. In this theory, uh, this theory alleges that the hikers were woken up to loud explosions. Um, then, you know, of course, they were like, oh, shit, what is that? They tear open the tent. They run out. They flee the tent, shoeless, shell shock, panic, and the, found themselves unable to return for supply retrieval 
after some members froze to death attempting to in, to endure the bombardment. Others uh, commandeered their clothing only to be fatally injured or subsequent parachute mine concussion. With like the records of parachute mines, like the way that they tested them, I guess like some of this doesn't make sense to me because again, like there's no record, there there's no evidence like, that there was, was explosions was there, like, in the area. Was there? Yeah, was it like littered with like shrapnel from these parachute mines? Right, like, exactly. There are indeed records of parachute mines being tested by the Soviet military in the area around that time. The hikers were there. Um, parachute mines detonate while still in the air rather upon striking the Earth's their surface and produces signature injuries similar to those experienced by the hikers. Mm. Heavy internal damage with com- uh, comparably less external trauma. The theory coincides in the reports of sightings of the glowing orange orbs or floating or like, you know, they're floating or falling in the sky within the general vicinity right. of the hikers. Potentially military aircraft or uh, descending parachute mines. This theory, among others, use uh, scavenging animals to explain Dubina's injuries, like her missing tongue. So it's... So they're saying, like, they woke up to explosion. And they were like, oh, shit. The... Some of them... Well, like, they woke up to an explosion, then they would assume, like, oh, an avalanche is going to happen. Oh, okay, yeah, and then they and then they start running out of the tent into the trees. But you remember, like it's negative. It's like negative twenty two Fahrenheit, which is forty degrees below freezing, which would instantly make forty ish, I guess. And then so there, that's I mean that far down is literally enough to freeze your eyeballs on contact, like literally forms ice on your eyeballs. Like so, it looks like it's hard to breathe. They didn't have a lot of time. So, to do anything, they got out of the tent and they were immediately dying. Yeah, some people were like forced out of the tent with minimal clothing on, or immediately were not well clothed enough, started suffering hypothermia, or died. Yeah, immediately started dying, like you said. And then other people tried to use their clothes. And then, like, the four people that were like out in the bivouac shelter probably. With the, uh, like, with the the internal injuries. So they're saying that, like, a mine exploded above them. And then the missing missing tongue and organs are from... Scavengers, like, scavengers. But they were also covered in snow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. So, (laughs) like, some of these theories is just like, huh. All right. Okay. A part of me wants to read this, but a part of me also like wants to say like this is absolutely ridiculous. Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just read a little bit of it and then I'll skip it. <laughs> but it's uh um the Russian Yeti theory. Nope, you gotta read that whole thing. <laughs> or in other words, I need to hear Mank. about this. So like they call it like we do Mank or Russian Yeti <laughs> Yeti theory. Um, the like 2014 Discovery Channel did a special on a Russian Yeti. The killer lives. Explored the theory of the Dutilov group that was killed by Mankur Russian Yeti. <laughs> the show begins with the premise uh, that the skiers' injuries were such that only a creature with superhuman strength could have caused them. The episode concluded that, with there being no solid evidence for its claims, however. 
in the interview with two members of the search party who got to the scene first, they claimed that they saw footprints larger than those of a human and that those footprints were never included in the official Soviet government report. And additionally, that after months of trying to gain access, a Russian documentary uh, narrator, Maria, finally got access to classified Soviet military documents regarding the investigation of the missing hikers, in which start date of the investigation is the 6th of February, but the hikers reported missing almost 10 days later on the 15th or the 16th, which could indicate Soviet military cover-up operation. The documentary also claims that the howling sound they recorded during their cave and their forest expedition does not belong to any known animal species. I mean, boom, slam dunk. <laughs> it's a Yeti. It's a Yeti. <laughs> we knew it. Fucking dot. Yeti. He was probably just... like fucking around with their tent and they were like, God damn it. He's all, let's I'll... get the fuck out of here. You talk to your mother with that mouth, I'll rip out your tongue. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> Yeti's like, that's not proper. That's not proper at all. And then uh, we kind of go over to KBG agents. Okay, I like that too. This one's a little bit fun, which I'm just like, I, maybe. Why not? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, why not? Yeah. Um, this theory information is introduced from an author, uh, Alexei uh, Radikin. Rat- Rakitin. Um, obviously, the book is called Dia to Love's Pass. Um, another fun thing, too, is that every single time I typed out Dia to Love, it wanted to autocorrect to Lady Love. Lady Love's Pass. <laughs> the theory is that um, Semyon Zolotaryov and Alexander Kol- Kolivtor and Yuri Krivnyshenko were KBG agents. Dun, dun, dun. So, okay. So, Yuri K. Semyon Z. And Alex K. Okay. Were KGB agents. Okay. Three of them were spies. Yes. Cool. And they were on a mission to uncover a cell of CIA agents. Apparently, um, they were to deliver radioactive samples and then take photographs of the Americans. And then something went wrong and the CIA agents killed the group. Hmm. Seems a bit crazy, but stay with me on this one, is what I said. Even though I'm like... So were there any Americans in the group? No, but stay with me on this one. Okay, okay. (laughs) Or don't. I don't care, but I do. All right, bye. Okay. (laughs) Apparently, in a state of fear or paranoia in the Cold War, this was the only way to spy on the Soviet Union. The Russians would fool Westerners repeatedly by delivering radioactive tainted material from places that had nothing to do with the war. Um, They just, they used that to like get to get to them, take pictures, find evidence, and and be a spy, you know, just be spies. So they were playing double agent? Right. So they would so they would bring it to the CIA and they would say, find meeting points. <clears throat> and yeah. And they would say, we have this radioactive material and we'll bring it to you. Right. And then they would set up a meeting point. Right. To like gain trust and then have like spies within their Oh groups. okay. Okay. Anyways, apparently that was a common practice. I I don't know. I mean, that's why I put apparently in here a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, I do it all the time. Anyways, they would fool Westerners repeatedly by delivering radioactive tainted material from places that had nothing to do with the war. I don't know why. They wanted radioactive tainted shit and or stuff. 
Um, but this brings in the the we theory, W I I, Western intelligence involvement. And according to this, the two or more of the hikers were hired KGB agents to deliver fake proof of radioactive tainted clothes. And the rest of the hikers were most likely unaware of the purpose of the trip or like their like where they wanted to go. Because, mm-hmm. of course, like there's other hikes and other mountains to go and ski and hike on. But like right. they chose this for a reason for apparent for some reason. A reason. Nobody yeah, knows. A reason. Uh, the author's version of this is supposedly like quite logical in terms of explanation of most of the weird issues, the radioactive clothes, and why investigators of the scene were even using radio like radioactive detectors. Like when you're investigating dead bodies, why would you bring yeah, out that a radioactive was the other thing detector? I was, they were like, like oh, detector. they found that they were wearing radioactive clothes. I was like. And how did how? they find yeah, this? <laughs> like they had, they just had the machinery with them, I guess. Okay. And the missing articles of clothing, like one missing shoe, as well as upper missing garments and at least one camera. So like, what if the CIA was like, and we'll take these and we'll take that. Right. After what? Killing everybody. Um, some of the hikers slash skiers themselves give more evidence to the Cold War spy theories, like uh, Alexander uh, Z. Being 35-year-old single man and instructor of a, a different tour base, decided to join the group last minute. From what it is said, um, he was a veteran with years of combatant skills and who fought for the NKVD. I don't know what that is either. I don't know. Hey, guys. It's Faith. I'm in editing. Uh, just wanted to jump in here because I thought it was important. The NKVD is basically a... Uh, secret police force that was responsible for the Great Purge under Stalin. They did government executions of hundreds of thousands of citizens. They conceived, populated, and administered the gulag system. They mass deported entire nationalities to basically wastelands in the country, and they protected the borders. They were responsible for uh, Soviet Union espionage, including political assassinations. So basically, the NKVD and anybody who is a part of it is bad, bad people. So just thought that was important for you to know. All right, back to the podcast. Looking into uh, a military, uh, it sounds like an acronym for a military thing. Right. Exactly. But he has like, he's like. A military veteran with combat experience is right. what you're saying. Exactly. And then became like a, a hiker. Wink, wink. Okay. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Looking into Alexander's history, they were to find that he once worked in Moscow as an assistant in a top secret scientific facility, which was an unnamed atomic institute known as P.O. Box number 3394. And then Yuri, Yuri K., uh, worked in a most notorious plant, Mayak, in uh, Chelyabinsk, where uh, a massive nuclear disaster apparently taking second place next to Chernobyl that occurred in 1957. No, that was a huge... Yeah. So it's it said taking second place, but I'm like... uh, It's pretty big. What was it? Chernobyl? Yeah. There was also a... um. I think they also had a massive uh, meteor strike like 10 years ago. Oh, they did. And they think that it was actually like, uh, like, didn't they think that it was actually technology of some sort of shit that 
crash landed. Yeah. There's, yeah, but there's been like the whole thing is shrouded in mystery. So right. Yuri, Yuri K used to work there? Yes. Okay. Uh, and our Arthur Aleski Ratikin or Rat or Rakin, Rakitin. Okay. Is pretty, pretty sure that the partnership, pretty, pretty sure he's pretty, he's pretty, pretty sure that the partnership was not by accident or by chance. Yeah, I was going to say that's very like, that's such a coincidence. Right. And this is a quote from the website that you can get literally all the information that you need from for this story um, is uh, com, And the quote is, behind the biographies of Zolotaryov and Kolvator. Yuri and Alexander. Yeah. Um, Make the, it easy on yourself. The brooding shadow of the KGB is distinct. The true objective of Ski Trek unbeknownst to the other seven members was to deliver radioactive samples to a group of agents of the CIA and to take pictures of the spies. The la- the latter had been under the guise of an of ordinary hiking camping uh, at the mountain of the dead. The meeting took place on February 1st, but the trio was playing a double game. <laughs> a conflict ensued, a fight, torture, and a brutal massacre of the entire group. And I said, and okay, that does also sound kind of crazy. Like, so kind of. where, okay, so where did the CIA come in? Like, is it thought that like they met up with them? Yeah. At like, the campsite? Like there was a specific drop point that where they were supposed to meet. Deep in the mountains. Right. And then like something went wrong there. Right. And the CIA slaughtered everybody. Yeah, CIA was just like, nope, fuck You're that. You're done. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing too that investigators and that other sources claim is that when they were searching the entire campsite, the Yuri that went home, he was a part of the search crew because he was like, well, yeah, what the fuck happened to my friends? Like, yeah. I didn't feel why I went home, so where are they? He showed up and he was saying that there was like, uh, there was a piece of clothing that was found out at the campsite that was almost like a military type of uniform piece of clothing. Right. Like it was like a piece of material that did not belong to any of them. It was not civilian issued. Right. And, and it, it and, and it wasn't, wasn't theirs. Wasn't theirs. And so he identified that going, I, that shouldn't even, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. He's like, I've been, cause they're, they're all hiking. So they really technically only have probably like just day packs on them. So you can probably like within a few days, like, identify what everyone's wearing right you know what i mean like all the clothes that everybody owns right so it's not out of out of like it's not out it of wouldn't the realm be like, of possibilities that he's for him like, to be like that doesn't belong to anyone right so the, which I, kind like, of like i can say with confidence that this doesn't belong in the group exactly and then i'm just finishing this up with my favorite theory which makes total sense all right which i was like looking at this theory and i was just like Bam! There it is. That's how. All right. Why is everybody arguing? What? But the most plausible explanation for me... I don't see how it's not a Yeti, but okay. ...is the stove theory. And it's my favorite theory. (laughs) There is a theory that Igor's homemade internal tent stove that they were using, um, shown in a photo, and when they were attempting to dissemble it... um, The movement that, like, they were using may have jostled the embers inside the stove and reignited some flames along with some embers falling out then in a panic they tried to get out get the fire under control and they tried to 
cut a few holes in the top of the tent to try to let some of the smoke out. And when that was not turning out for the best, they just slashed the entire side of the tent out to try to escape or get the stove out of the tent. And apparently there are other pieces of evidence that would support this theory. Several of the members were found with burn injuries on their bodies and clothing. Also, what if some of their clothes were completely on fire and that's why some of them had to take off their clothes? Hmm. You know, like, like they had to, you know, take them off. It's like either you you stay on fire or you freeze. But they were surrounded by snow, right? right? They could have just rolled. And then was the tent burnt up at all? They did see some evidence of some burning on the tent. But keep in mind, like, this was pitch black. Okay. So, like, all they can, so some all they can tell is injuries. that there's some smoke. Like, They're there's like, a lot of smoke. In the snow. Yeah, several members were found with burn injuries on their bodies and clothing. Also, what if some of their clothes were completely on, on fire? And that's why perhaps they had to take them off. And Did they find burnt clothes no anywhere? Or was them stripping their clothing just a symptom of the hypothermia. Some claim the the fact that many of the members were found with blood around their mouths, showing signs of coughing up blood to be a symptom of smoke inhalation. However, this effect can also be caused by breathing in below freezing air too fast. Yeah. And too fast of a pace, also at a high altitude, and effectively freezing your lungs, therefore breaking the blood vessels and making them cough up blood. Um, or perhaps they were just gasping for air after inhaling smoke. And then there was also, and this is the evidence that they had issues with that stove in the past. There's photos where one of them is posing with like a jacket that looks like it was supposed to be for, you know, heavy snow weather. And it's like half of it's completely burnt. Like, the guy's, like, joking around wearing it, like, yes, look at my new jacket. Like, it's awesome. Right. It's But it's, like, it's burnt to shit. Like, right. Because he useless. caught it on fire on his stupid stove. Right. Exactly. So there's, fo- there's evidence that this has happened before with the stove and that they've had issues. Okay. Yeah. So that photo was, like, taken the day before where, like, the snow jacket had been burned as he stands in a silly pose as though showing off a new fashion statement. But the jacket definitely is burned to the point where it's no longer functional. So had this happened before, and they used the jacket to put out the flames or the embers, is that what the people were doing with their clothing? Just, like, grabbing something to, like, try to put it out? Like, patting it down? And then, so when they got out of the tent, because they were like, shit is getting caught on fire, they can't tell if it's out or not because it's pitch black and all they can see is, you know, it's all they can do is smell smoke and then they're freezing and then dying. So once they leave the tent, um, some are intoxicated, some are underdressed, it's dark, pitch black. They don't know if it's still on fire. So some decide to head to the trees for shelter. Others were intoxicated to the point where they could have just obviously just affected just their wandered judgment. away and yeah. Yeah. Or in, froze to death. It's still unsolved. There's so uh, many yeah. theories. You, I highly suggest going online and going to deadlovepass.com. D-Y-A-T-L-O-V? Yes. Okay. Because it, and you can all the pictures are there. I have so many issues. I know. With the story. <laughs> I know. I just like... They went up there to have a good time. I... And instead... I... They're all dead. Just like the fact that two of these men are 
former Russian military. <laughs> One of them is from Sherblinsky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to look that up. Shelyabinsk. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Shelyabinsk. Uh, it's actually like so much has fucking happened in there. It's close to the Urals. It's like this. Yeah, lots of lots of shit has happened. But, um, I mean, it's and when they say like it's definitely not a coincidence that those two were like there and that yeah. like, people are there, but also keep in mind that and they like, both work in like keep in mind that that's how people were making their money in the Cold War. Like they needed the manpower to man these like huge factories and these huge places. I mean, yeah, I but, mean he might not have been like had huge clearance, but he probably was sought after by the KGB, going, hey. We got a pretty sweet setup for you. You're completely covered in radioactivity all the time. How about you make some money off of this by giving these clothes to these Americans? But be a spy for us. I don't know. There's a bunch. There's literally so much. Also, there's another um, theory that they ate shrooms. That, I think the, that like the Manzi population had get like had suggested to them because the Manzi population up there and the indigenous people apparently like spirituality like they would eat shrooms that grew on the mountain or in the forest areas then there's pictures i believe yeah pictures with I them mean, taking pictures with the manzi population so it's like there's so much there's so much in there okay due to uh how long this episode has become uh we are going to go ahead and split into another two-parter so ender right here she done. We're full of Burger King. It's also two months later. Yeah. Three months. It's six months later. We've been in quarantine. The episode you're listening to was recorded in like November of 2019. <gasps> oh my God. We've recorded this in <laughs> November. Yeah. Christ. Well. So anyway. I- better late than never. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the story. I just know that it's a bunch of. Names that are mispronounced and I don't remember any of it. This is how far the backlog goes of episodes that we have. Like the beginning of this story is you talking about how you adopted Toby. Oh, my precious bub. Right? Or was but that- I also adopted him like way earlier. No, that was the beginning of the last episode that I yeah. put out. Okay. Toby's like a year in the family now. Yeah. So anyway, we're just going to go ahead and end the episode here. After we do this. That'd be cool. So anyway, we need uh, we need cookie time. Kiki time. Who's ready for their fortune? <gasps> He's a kiki. He's a kiki. I mean, when you're done crinkling your bag, that'd oh, be great. That's good. Okay. Okay, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. A man who trims himself to suit everybody will soon whittle himself away. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> don't I mean, burn it off on the on both ends, folks, I yeah, guess. It's I think it's supposed to be like don't lose yourself when you're trying to please other people. You know, pretty good standard 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 life advice. Standard standard standard. <laughs> All right, my turn. I feel like that was pretty good. Mhm. It didn't have the same like pop that yours did though. I know. All right. Your life gains the stability you desire. Your life gains the stability you desire? That's right. 
I'm getting stability. I just You're welcome. I just Casey's house. <laughs> Here it is. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you for letting me move in. All right. I hope you guys liked the story of the Outlaw of And uh, I hope y'all stick around for the next episode. Stick around. See what happens. See what happens. See how it goes. Because Faith's next story, half of it, I don't know. Cut, cut this out. <laughs> cut this portion out. I'm not. Because <laughs> I, I just don't want to finish the sentence because who knows what's going to happen. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. This might come out in fucking August. No, we're back on track. Hmm. Uh-huh. I have to get like huh? a backlog of episodes recorded. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> so that like we can release them as we go along. Tobias. Hello. Right. Hi, Toby. You want a cookie? He wants anything that will feed him. I'm gonna get him a ki- a kitty beef jerky stick. Oh. Like I promised. Alright, so we're gonna go do that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You're high quality people. And this is High Quality Nonsense. Nonsense.